The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers as always to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's podcast, we're going to hear from Cork and Enniskeen Camogie star Orla Cronin. Orla is swapping her hurl for a shovel this month as she embarks on her latest challenge, a charity mission to Africa. The Enniskeen woman is one of 50 GAA players that have signed up for the plant for the planet games as the GPA warriors for humanity and self help Africa have united forces with the goal of raising enough money to plant 1 million trees in Africa, as well as highlighting the impact of climate change. But Kieran, before we chat to Orla, there are a few more bits of news I want to cover. And the first up is the news that Gavin Coombs is back with Munster ahead of their clash with South Africa A at Parkerquive on Thursday evening. There's no doubt Gavin will be disappointed to have been left out of Andy Farrell's Ireland squad, but this is a big chance for the skid man to show the Ireland coach what he's missing. 100%. And what a huge game in Parkerquive on Thursday night. And it's a, a sold-out Parkerquive as a South Africa team take on Munster. And it's um, good news for the fans that didn't get tickets. The game is live on Virgin Media too. And I think we'll all be tuned in for that but like I said I think Gavin will be disappointed um, to, to I suppose he's been released back into the Munster squad for this game Gavin played at the Ireland A team that were taught a lesson to be honest by New Zealand last Friday night in that um in, in that 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 match up in up in Dublin, that was a really good New Zealand team, and that that Ireland A team just never clicked. They never got going, and it was a, a heavy defeat they they suffered. And the this was the Ireland senior team or the the Ireland main team, as you call them. They had such a good win against the Springboks then on Saturday night, and they have games against Fiji and then Australia coming up as well. But while Gavin, no, we we know he won't be involved against Fiji. This is a chance for him, like you said there, to show Andy Farrell what he can do against world-class opposition. Gavin has been in and around the Ireland squad for the for the last couple of times that they've met up and he impressed on the tour to New Zealand during the summer when he um, had two try-scoring games for the Ireland A against New Zealand. So I'm sure the Ireland set up to know all about Gavin Coombs, what he can do. And when Gavin hits top form, like he's an asset to any team and Hopefully, and fingers crossed, that Gavin will do enough over the next couple of weeks and months to, I suppose, force to get into Ireland's Six Nations squad and then put himself in the position to get on the plane for World Cup 23 in South Africa, in, in France, sorry, um, in 12 months' time. But first things first, 
if Gavin Coombs can put in a strong performance against South Africa, it can only help his chances. It can only help his chances for Ireland going forward. And before we move on, just a, I suppose a quick word on Innes Shannon's Jack Crowley, who also came on for the Ireland A team against New Zealand uh, against New Zealand last weekend. He was also kind of involved in the match day team for Ireland against the Springboks. And that was really clever, I think, by by Andy Farrell. Um, from from what I saw, um, Jack Crowley took part in the warm-up ahead of that game against the Springboks. And he actually brought the tee on at one stage when Johnny Sexton was taking um, one of his kicks. So I think that's clever by Andy Farrell to almost integrate Jack Crowley into that senior setup and show him what it's all about and a huge day against the world champions in a in a heaving of Aviva Stadium and that high intensity um high intensity game like that. So it's a it's a positive for Jack Crowley. And the fact that he wasn't released back into Munster, does that suggest, Jack, that we could see Jack Crowley appear against Fiji this weekend? Possibly so. And he was extremely impressive for Munster against Leinster despite their loss at the Aviva a number of weeks ago. So he's definitely turning heads within the Ireland setup. Another story, Kieran, that's been making the rounds is that Castle Haven's Damien Catalan has once again ruled out switching codes from the Cork hurlers to the Cork footballers, despite his uncle, John Cleary, being in charge of the footballers. And Kieran, is this one that we're going to look back on as a player that got away from the Cork footballers because of his dedication? to the herders over the years. This probably puts kind of kind of closes this chapter once and for all because over the last couple of years there's been a couple of opinion pieces included in the Southern Star just wondering would Damien Cahillan come back to the Cork footballers because there's a there's an opinion out there that he's a he he's a better footballer than a hurler. And I've seen Damien Cahillan play football for Castlehaven and he's such a good long long range kind of foot pass. He's such a powerful player on the on the football field as well. But he made his bid many years ago when he uh, he switched to the hurlers, and um, since 2015, which is what seven eight years ago now, he's been hurling only for Cork, and he's 30 years old now. And I, um, and even though, like you said there, his uncle John Cleary is now the Cork senior football manager. Damien was um, he was up in front of the media last week ahead of the AIB Munster Club Senior Hurling Championship, and he almost well he did kind of close the chapter. He said that um, I would imagine at this stage that I've kind of made my bid. I've loved um there have been tough tough times at hurling, but better times but more better times than tough times. I've loved every minute of it and I'm still trying to improve as a hurler and looking forward to next year. So we can take it from that that Damon Catalan has his focus firmly on the Cork hurlers next year. And is it a loss for the Cork footballers over the years? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it was. I think Damon could have been an asset to the to the Cork footballers. But at the time when he decided to opt for the hurlers. There were there was more potential in them than there was in the Cork football team, and uh, as we know, this Cork football team has struggled in recent times. And that even the lure of having his uncle in charge seems enough to get Damien back in a Cork football jersey. So I think it finally puts the story to bed once and for all. Okay, Karen, and then the last story we're going to touch on this week before we hear from Orla Cronin is a story that's just gone live on our website in the last few minutes. So if you're interested in what we have to say about it, just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash sport and you'll see it at the top of the sport homepage. It also featured in last week's Southern Star and it is that Newcestown athlete Jane Buckley, who you wrote, is turning heads stateside. So that's a little teaser. What more can you tell us about Jane's story? 
Uh, Jane is from Newcastle. She's 19 years old. She swapped West Cork for America in August. She started an athletic scholarship um, with Providence College in Rhode Island, and she's already making a name for herself, Jack. She had a huge win recently at the Big East Cross Country Championship. She showed she's one of the top young athletes to emerge from West Cork when she won the women's 6 6K race. And why this is so important and it's so notable. She is only the second freshman ever to win the women's race and the first, and Michelle Hallett of Boston College, won the title back in 1982. And that's 21 years before Jane was even born. So that just shows what, what Jane has achieved over in, in America. And it also means that Jane is the first ever Providence College freshman to, to win the Big East cross-country title as well. And that Big East cross-country championship um. Jane explained to me last week, it's competed for by colleges from all along the East Coast. So she was up against the, the best in the East, but the best from West Cork showed that she's the she's the one to beat. And that's a huge way to announce her arrival in the very competitive American collegiate circuit. And just to think that she's over only over there since mid-August. And we're now, what, just the start of November. And she's already already having a huge win like this under her belt. I think it it augurs very well for the future. So a very exciting story for a very exciting young athlete. And it's up on our website right now if listeners want to read more about it. You know, Kieran, I've actually been to Providence in Rhode Island once upon a time. Unfortunately, I wasn't competing in high-class athletics races. I took the train down from Boston where I was spending my J1 because we got word that they were a lot more lenient with fake IDs in Providence. And for July 4th, we thought we had to get in to a pub to drink. And we were all underage. So we hopped on the train to Providence. And lo and behold, they didn't give a shite what age you were in Providence. Anyone was welcome to drink in their establishment. So any under 21 listeners listening to this, thinking of going on a J1, I don't want to tell you to break the law. But if you wish to do so, Providence is the place to do it. Now, briefly, Kieran, before we come on to the story that we're going to cover next, which is Orla Cronin, I just want to point readers in the direction of this Thursday's Southern Star because we have a special supplement. It's the Southern Star Greener Living Supplement, and it's all about how to live and work more sustainably in West Cork. The tagline is save money this winter, and given the cost of living crisis, who doesn't? need to learn how to do that it also features 25 money and green living money saving and greener living tips so that's in shops on thursday and online via our e-paper now here what can you tell us about orla crowan's orla cronin even her next big challenge so there's two parts to the interview that our listeners are going to hear from now the first part is about Orla Cronin and her charity mission to Africa as part of Plan to Planet Games. And the second part of our conversation is very much about her her frustrating season with the, the Cork Senior Camogie team when she eventually had to, to relent to injury after injury and hop off the Cork panel. I think it was in early July. But first, uh, to what Orla is up to later this month. So Plan to Planet Games, it's an initiative with the Gaelic Clears Association Warriors for Humanity and Self-Help Africa. So 50 GA players are heading on an eight-day trip to Kenya. It's November 19th to 20 to 27th. And the hope is they want to raise enough money to plant one million trees in Africa. And just and there's a lot of different facets to this. It's going to highlight the impact of climate change while also helping communities in Africa. Because when you're planting trees over there, 
you're 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 giving these local communities um it's a source of income for them that they can grow fruit that they can get nutrition off and better food it helps the soil quality it helps restore the land as well so there's so many different like i said facets to this trip and they'll also highlight climate change um which also ties in with the, that, that 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 special magazine that we have in this week's Southern Star as well. So Orla's one of 50 players making the trip. So too is Libby Cobbinger from St. Cullum. So that's two West Cork players who are travelling to Kenya later this month. And they're both raising money right now. So um, Orla's going to explain to us very soon more about this trip. But it would be great if our listeners could help out and donate for such a good cause. So to help Orla and to help Libby, just go along to iDonate. They've iDonate pages set up. And when you go into iDonate.ie, search for Orla Cronin and you can donate for Orla to, towards Orla there and search for Libby Coventure and you can make a donation there as well. And it's all going towards really worthy causes and it's really going to make a difference to, to lives in Kenya and make a difference, hopefully, to this whole climate change which is going on and so relevant to at the moment. So that is the first half of the conversation with Orla. In the second half, like I said, we we touch on her season with Cork. She was just plagued by injury after injury. And if, um, the 2020 Camogie All-Star, who's become such an influential player with Cork in recent years, she felt she was left with no other option just to, to step away from the Cork panel just to get herself right. And we all know over the years just how competitive Orla Cronin is. So that was a huge decision for her to do. But she just wasn't getting anywhere. She was breaking down. She was picking up these small injuries. She was getting niggles. It just wasn't working out. So she took herself out of the Cork panel just to take that step back to get herself right. And she went back um, hurling with Camogie. She played in the, the County Senior, Senior Camogie Championship with Inneskeen, got four games under her belt. And the good news is she's feeling good again. So we got through an awful lot. But first, I started off asking Orla about the upcoming trip to Kenya. Usually we're talking to Orla about GEA, but I want to start this conversation by asking you, about Plant for the Planet Games and the trip to Kenya later this month as part of a 50-strong GA group. Can you fill us in on this trip, Orla, and why it's happening? Yeah, I can, of course. Um, so I guess this trip was originally um, organised by Alan Kearns um, and his organisation, Warriors for Humanity. Um, so it was actually originally meant to happen um, back in 2020, um, but obviously with COVID and, you know, travel bans and that got postponed and we're eventually coming around to doing it now in 2022 um I guess it's you know the collective aim between the 50 of us heading over on this trip is to plant one million trees um and this is in partnership with self-help Africa um and the Gaelic Players Association um self-help Africa so they are a charitable organization that specialize in um uh, small-scale farming and you know training up these families and communities um, in these parts of Africa to you know in sustainable farming and you know allowing them to I guess you know get income foods and all of that and you know it's it's a very much a sustainable kind of project that they work on um, so I guess our funds will be going to self-help Africa and you know adding to their tree planting projects that they're already doing Um, I guess like not only is it um tackling climate change um you know helping out these communities and families i guess africa you know and kenya in particular are you know going through drought um you know need need the support in that way but this trip will also be 
um, a promotion of the GA, I guess, with the 50 of us that are going um, and an exchange, you know, between Kenyan and Irish sports personalities, um, you know, to come together to tackle climate change, I suppose, and do that through sport. Um, so it's a very kind of, um, you know, it's, it's a historic trip, I suppose, and our aim is to leave a collective legacy. Um, and in the name of the title, you know, Plant the Planet Games, there will be the first um, ever inter-county um, game mixed male and female played over there as well. So um, there's lots to it, but, you know, we want to create history and, you know, we want to, you know, everyone that's supporting us, we want to kind of take them on this journey with us as well. Like you said there, Orla, like you're going to leave a legacy here too. And I see each player is committed to raising €10,000 and the money raised will go towards obviously a very good cause, help, help Africa and, and planting those trees. Because I suppose for our listeners, that the just just to think about the difference that those trees will make over for the communities in Kenya, like they're provide a vital source of food, income and shelter for hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of families. They'll help improve the soil and rehabil- rehabilitate degraded soil even like and land so it, it'll leave a long lasting legacy long after the, the the 50 players come home from Kenya yeah absolutely um and I guess climate change you know it's hard for anyone to ignore now you know I think everybody needs to play their part um and you know while you know planting trees may not be tackling the root of the problem you know at least these trees are one of the most effective ways of offsetting like a carbon footprint um, taking carbon from the atmosphere. I think like a single mature tree can remove up over 25 kgs of um, carbon. So um, it's really effective to, you know, sequester carbon um, and really helping these communities so that they, I guess, can, can live, you know, in what's really struggling circumstances for them at the moment and in the last number of years and what, you know, may continue to, to worsen as well, you know, unless we take action. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they provide food. Um, I think fruit trees, you know, there's um, passion fruit, there's cashew trees that, you know, that are all um, going to be planted. Um, like while we're over there, we'll be able to involve ourselves in that tree planting um you know, regime or, or projects that they have going on. So it'll be really, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the work that Self-Help Africa do out there already. Um, and, you know, you know, not only is it just for the, the trees that will be planted, it will also be, you know, that training and technical support that they get from Self-Help Africa that these funds will be going towards as well. Um, yeah, so, so definitely, I mean, you know, if we can take action and if that's just, you know, by starting with, planting trees and removing the carbon um from the atmosphere you know and you know it's going to be um a big help i think and like i said there that all the players are, are committed to raising ten thousand euros so listeners to this podcast and i hope there's listeners and even big business businesses out there in west cork who are going to support this how can they how can they help um or how can they donate towards this cause yeah so um yeah so we've each committed to raising 10 grand um, I guess the cost of planting a tree is for is forty cents, um, and there's fifty of us going on the trip, so ten thousand really equates to twenty five thousand trees being planted um, over in Kenya. Um, I have a donate, you know, I donate link set up, um, that businesses or anyone can directly, um, it's by clicking on the link, um, it's on all my social media um, platforms, and they can donate directly there or. 
you know, I'd be happy for anyone to get in touch. Um, you know, they can help sponsor and, you know, go dire- directly through to Self Help Africa as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, my my social media platforms really are the best place to get the link, and we can maybe attach that here as well to this podcast. You know, for anyone to get that um that link out there, um, which would be brilliant. Yeah. And you'll be joined by some very familiar faces on this trip, including St. Cullum's own Libby Coppinger, who's also involved and she's also raising funds. But why do you support why do you decide to support this cause, Orla? Yeah, I think um, you know, as I said, I think in the last number of years, we've all noticed the, you know, crippling effects of climate change. Um, and when I was presented with the opportunity, I, I think it's hard to, you know deny that really if you felt like you were giving any bit of support or you know I suppose leveraging you know the influence that maybe I could have as a as a, an independent player and like the rest of the players as well 50 of us that are going you know if we can use our maybe influence locally anyway um to you know support this cause I think that was just immediately something that um you know attracted me towards it so um yeah I mean it, it's really hard to ignore the effects that climate change is having on you know every every country um and I guess what stood out to me was how Africa are probably you know only contribute to you know climate change or emissions of you know um harmful gases by about four percent but they're probably suffering you know some of the worst kind of effects of it um so I guess, yeah, that's that's really my motivation. And, you know, um, seeing this as a really nice opportunity to just um, make make an impact in some way. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. And the very best to look in the weeks ahead. And for any of our listeners who want to donate, we will include the link in this podcast. So just click on the link to the Orla's I Donate um, page and please make a donation. And while I have you um, here, Orla, I just want to have a quick GA chat with you for a second and turn it back to the GA um, scene because... I, I suppose it's fair to say it was a frustrating season for you with Cork, one of those years where you just didn't seem to get that. The, the, this was the rub of the green and Lady looked at it and shine on you and you, you ended up stepping away from the panel during the summer because of injuries. Was, was that a hard decision to make and how frustrating was this year for you? Um, Yeah, it, it was it was definitely a hard decision to make. You know, um, it wasn't how you, you know, I intended the year to, to pan out, I suppose, for me, you know, um very frustrating I guess and I think anyone who, who's an athlete you know ha- has went through periods like this where you know they might have um unlucky times of recurrent injuries um so yeah I mean I guess I was coming into the year maybe carrying a bit of a niggle um which you know like any off season or like any pre-season it's going to be tough so it, it's hard to you know be kind of coming into a tough pre-season when you already are carrying some knocks so I guess um, it was kind of, I suppose I was doing my best to get back from injuries. Um, and really then when I would kind of go back into the thick of training, it was like I would pick up another soft tissue injury or, you know, I think initially it was my quad and then I had a hamstring. So I guess it was just, um, you know, I really had to try find the balance and getting the load right, um, getting adequate recovery, but also trying to train and, it was nearly like it just started to catch up with me a bit, you know. Um, and there was also a few things like I picked up, um, like some rib bruising in another game when I had just got back. So I suppose, you know, you have you have ups and downs as an athlete. And it was kind of one of those years where 
there was a lot of just unfortunate events that kind of happened you know that that seemed to catch up with me and before I knew it, it was it was in the thick of the season when you know you kind of want to be um training you know uh pain-free and injury-free and I was still really trying to play catch-up in some of those injuries so I think I probably had to look at it and and say that essentially they're they're after forcing me out you know and I just needed a bit more time to get them right you know um so yeah I mean it, it was a it was a difficult decision to make and you know obviously I, I want to be playing with Cork and you know seeing the girls even play on in the All-Ireland final, you know, it's really tough. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, I suppose, happy that I took the time to get them right anyway because, mm-hmm. you know, my aim now is to be fit for, for the coming year. Did you feel like like that decision, it was the right decision for you to make at the time because just to step outside that bubble and look after yourself to try and get your body right to go again? Yeah, I think so. And I think it would have been the fairest on, on the team as well, you know um just to you know I think I, I do everything I could to get back right and when when it wasn't happening I think there was you know it was going to be impossible really to get myself right for for semi-final or, or final or whatever stage you know it was at and um I just had to take that step back and and get them right I mean I played probably my first game you know, my first game this year, I had just gotten back for the first round of um, club championship. And, you know, prior to that, I had just been rehabbing since I had decided to take a step off the, off the, the panel for the rest of the year. So um, it was a long year, really, of, of rehab for me, you know, um, and figuring out what the what the issues were um, and getting to the source of them. So, um, you know, I was only really kind of, starting off my season in a way when I came to the first um, club game within a scheme and we had four round games and by the fourth one you know I was definitely starting to feel a bit better um, my body was feeling better and um, you know I think that time you know probably stood to me that I had to to just put the nail on them you know even the success you've had in the last couple of years, like you're emerging as one of the, the top players in the country and obviously you're your all-star um, as well. This is obviously the other side of the coin, like, and it just shows for, for athletes, like there are tough times there too. So it was a tough, frustrating season for you with Cork. But do you think you've emerged from it? Uh, like, What lessons have you learned from it, Orla? Yeah, I think I've I've learned invaluable lessons from it, really. Um, it's been a busy few years, you know, not only just with Camogie, but with, you know, finishing my masters and qualifying, um, starting, you know, work um as a physiotherapist, you know, there's been there's been a lot of things going on and I guess, you know, you, you can get pulled in a lot of different um directions. Um and I guess for me as well, I probably figured out the importance of fueling adequately as well, you know. Um, you know, there's I guess I was always trying to push myself, you know, that next level and, you know, even in off season still trying to train and you know, I guess like any athlete, you want to just get as much out as yourself as possible. But, um, you know, sometimes you need to learn that lessons more too. And, you know, giving your body that time to recover and, you know, eating enough and sleeping enough and all that, you know, I guess there's just a few basics of recovery that I that I needed to figure out for myself as well this year. And, you know, um, giving myself time to recover and um, adapt again. So, um. Yeah, I think I've learned a lot about myself this year, definitely. Um, and 
yeah, it's you know, it's one that it's a year that could happen to anyone or a time that could happen to any athlete. So um definitely gotta take the positives from it, you know, and go into the season now with um with a with a good mindset. Fitness wise, how are things? Yeah, all good. Um as good as they can be, I think, you know. So in the you know, in the off season in the gym. Um still keeping up that bit of running so so no injury concerns really at the moment um positive sign <laughs> and so like cork fans listen to this podcast they'll want to hear will we see orla conan back in the back, back in the red of cork next year yeah yeah that's that's the plan anyway so um looking forward to it you know um yeah it's, it's sure it's an honor to play with cork um and it's brilliant to play at my club so i mean really the club kind of you know, once I got back to probably that fourth game where I started to feel a bit better again, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what you want to play for. So, yeah, looking forward to the year ahead. And having a, a, a year like you did with Cork and then seeing the team go on to the All-Ireland final, of course, didn't finish where we wanted it to against Kilkenny, but seeing how close this Cork team is to getting their hands back on the top prize again and, and knowing that you'll be back touch wood again, fully fit and fly next year. Like, it must be, you must be really looking forward to next season already. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think I think, you know, the girls are obviously really disappointed um with how close they got and you know there was really nothing in it. Um but I think, you know, everybody the hunger is still there, um and will always be, be there really with Cork Wolby to get back to the top. So um it's really, you know, very, very little in it. Um could easily have went the other way, you know, this year. So we're not too far off it at all. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Did you travel to the final this year, or did you watch it from home, or did you did you even watch the game? Or yeah, I went to the game. Um, yeah, I was in Crow Park watching it. Um, so it was quite funny. Yeah, I was with some of my family, and you know they kind of speak of how they might feel at all our finals in the past. You know when I was playing, and I like. I really understood them, you know, when I was there this year because I was nervous, you know, I was nervous, not like, not that I was nervous for the girls, you know, but you just, like, it's funny to see it from the other side, you know, and see how much um, it means to people watching on as well. So it was a funny side of it. Um, but yeah, definitely, yeah, I was there. It was um, a different sector, definitely, being on the, outside the white line. But but even on that order, it must be a totally different perspective for a player like who's used to being on the pitch to be a fan to walk up Jones's road that day. Even even this was the banter outside the ground, even in the ground itself, you know, kind of it gives you just a different perspective on on an on an All Ireland final. Yeah, it really does. Um, and I think you know you could be watching on the the warm up or even the build up before the the whistle, you know, um, is blown and. Because you know I've been involved or I've been with the team in the past, you you kind of know you know oh this is what they might be feeling right now or this is maybe what they're doing. It it was very funny actually, but um yeah I mean I I wanted to be there um and wanted to support the girls so yeah you know I think I obviously prefer to have been inside the line but um hopefully now next next year we can we can try to get back there again. And all our hope is you'll be back on the pitch with Cork next year and all the way to the final. And 
put put the put the record straight, put Cork back on top. But before that, you have a very important trip to Kenya later this month. So yeah. I just want to wish you the best to look there. And like I said, we'll have all the links where you can donate to Orla Crone and we'll attach them to, to this podcast. And if there's any any business in West Cork out there who'd like to get in contact with Orla as well, um, through her social media, or if you want to get in contact with the Southern Star, we can put you in contact with Orla too. So again, Orla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and best of luck in Kenya at the end of the month. Brilliant. Thanks, Karen. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. So, Kieran, briefly before we wrap up, let's look ahead to this week's Southern Star Sports section. What can readers look forward to? How could it be brief when it's a Southern Star Sports section jacket? There's so much in there. I just, even for someone like me, it's hard to be brief. But okay, I'll try. I'll try this one. So, um, Holly O'Sullivan's column, he's looking at eight footballers who impressed him in the in the county football championships in terms of players that John Cleary should look at for Cork next year. And not surprisingly, there's a couple of West Cork fellas in there. So it's a really good read by Holly O'Sullivan. And that's worth Thursday's Southern Star alone, just to see what footballers he's picked out for Cork next year. And the local GEA front, um, Ivan Gales are true to the Carberry under 21A football final. We have a full report and reaction as they dethroned Carberry Rangers in the semi final last weekend with Rhino Donovan kicking 1 7. So good stuff by Ivan Gales there. Not so good look for Randall Oak in their County Junior B Hurling Championship semi final against Belly Hay last weekend. They shipped eight goals in a heavy loss, but we have a full report and reaction from that. I also caught up with Joe Carroll, and this is an interesting one, Jack. He's the former Cork Minor Ladies football manager who, if um, readers of the 42 last weekend would have seen a story where um, he was outlining his disappointment that he was overlooked for the job for 2023, even though Joe led the Cork Minor team to All-Ireland Glory. They beat Galway in August. He had to reapply for his job and he didn't get it. Um, So I caught up with Joe Carroll this week just to chat about that and just to see just was he's a very disappointed man with the communication, with the process of what went on. So it's um it's it, it's a it's a good read. I think it shines a light on a on a couple of problems that need a light to shine on. So that's on page three in Thursday's Southern Star. And sticking with with Cork Ladies football, we have a a story this week about an a serial All Ireland winner who has stepped back from the senior panel for twenty twenty three. So I'm not going to say too much more, but check out Thursday's Southern Star for that. What else have we? We've um, uh, interviewed Avril Condell from the Skibbereen Ladies rugby team. As, as we all know, they had a superb season last season. They've stepped up a level this year. So Avril is talking about the challenges that they are going to face. Ben Lascarty are also in the County Junior A Hurling Championship semi-final this weekend against, against Kilchenic. And Matthew Hurley has spoken to their captain, Kieran Nyhan, for that Um the Fastnet Rally, Martin Walsh is organising a big celebration in the West Cork Hotel um, for the 40th anniversary of the Fastnet Rally. So we have full details of that and uh, a look back at all the eight Cork winners. We also have a have a review of the West Cork League. It's Mizzen Hob A, that new team, are keeping the pressure on Clannacilty Soccer Club at the top of the, of the Premier Division. So there's a, a huge amount going on in this week's sports section, as well as wins for Owen Gales and Ballinhasig Camogie team. So as you can see, Jack, this Thursday Southern Star is worth getting as usual. Absolutely. And as Kieran said, it will be in shops on Thursday. But of course, 
if you can't make it to a shop for whatever reason, you can always subscribe to the Southern Star online and read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet, or smartphone for less than two euro per week. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e paper. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. And thanks as well to our producer, Dylan Mangan. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tomlin.